everyone, and welcome to One Controller Report Podcast, episode 62. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, born a new man, a new <laughs> a new capture card setup, man, man, so I got my uh, my RGB Mini, like I was saying I was going to last week. It got here a lot faster than I thought. Uh, quick tip, though, don't forget to purchase the D-Link to Component Cable. <laughs> Unfortunately... I forgot to do that, so I had to buy one, and it's not going to be here until next week. Um, but right now, I pretty much just have access to the S-Video input on the, the thing. There's a lot of inputs on there, but the only one I really need at the moment is um, S-Video. Uh, but anyway, either way, even though S-Video is not a great quality, like being able to actually disassemble that whole CRT setup I was talking about last week, and then like just have a console that runs into a box that goes into my ca- my like normal, like easy, clean capture card set up for the most part Whew. played some red dog this weekend took like two seconds to set up versus having to cart the crt around i don't know i don't know i'm probably gonna keep the crt for now because you know like gun games that's a bad bad reason to keep the crt but i'll keep it for now and i have that cart that i kept i don't remember how much money i spent on that cart hopefully not too much so i don't have any other uses for it but there's life that's that's a good thing good thing um a lot of money but hopefully it was worth it. I haven't really messed with the settings on that thing much, but yeah. Otherwise, I'm just waiting for that D-Link cable. Um, for now, just playing some, excuse me, playing some Red Dog on it. Um, as well as uh, the stream Yakuza 2 last week, I used S-Video. I'm hoping to get the D-Link cable for next week's uh, Yakuza 2 stream, but we'll see um, if that happens. So it said like five to ten business days for shipping, so... We shall see. We shall see. I didn't get tracking either this time. I just kept it cheap because it was just a cheap cable for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I did do the immediate dumb thing and start looking into like RGB setups for like all my systems. And that was terrible. And I'm I need to not do that right now. I just need to focus on. <laughs> yeah, S video is good enough right now. Maybe in the future. We'll see. I don't know. But right now, S-Video is good enough for most of those old consoles, not, like, modifying the board. Like, I shouldn't modify my Nintendo 64 and stuff like that. Don't, don't, don't do that. No, stop. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. It's a good time. Yo-Kai Watch. Um, I, I don't remember if this was announced this week or before. There's Yo-Kai Watch 4. They were like, oh, hey, here's, here's the new one. So, Yo-Kai Watch, I, I... I, it's a series I've always been interested in, and I think I may have talked about this before in, like, in relation to Spectros or something like that. Um, I don't know. Like, I like Pokemon spinoffs more than I like Pokemon games. And I, I think a lot of the reason I have problem with Pokemon is just the very conservative design decisions that they make. Um, you could look at the Pokemon games over the last, I don't know, it's been 20 years. It's probably been 20 years. I think it was 1998 when it came out here. I could be wrong. Um, and obviously they're all very, very different games, but fundamentally most of them are very, very much in the mold of, um, of those original games still in a way that I've never been particularly fond of. Um, I did play Pokemon Black or no Pokemon White. And then that was like, after I had taken a break between Pokemon Silver and Pokemon, or after Pokemon Silver, I'd taken a break. And, and I just, I, and it's not, it's not my thing. It's, I just played Pokemon White. It was like, oh yeah, this thing. Yep. Um, so instead of trying to get my Pokemon fixed by playing Pokemon games, cause they aren't doing it for me, I play other games when I can. Sometimes 
not, it's not like I'm doing it all the time or something like that. So Yokai Watch has always kind of caught my attention. It has like a weird little battle system where you like roll this little like <laughs> you spin this little dial to make things attack. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Um, I'm not here to talk about Yokai Watch one though. I'm here to say they apparently announced Yokai Watch four for the Switch. And so what's interesting is that like like now that we're on the <laughs> now that uh we're moving to a portable platform with these games uh yokai watch is trying to do something a bit more elaborate uh the screenshot they put out and it's hard to say if it's just like a concept image versus an actual screenshot i'm gonna lean towards more towards concept image but i don't know did they put a release date on this thing let's see let's check their website it says 2018 so that's probably an like actual screenshot then because it would have been way too late to just do a concept image. Um, but it's like just a pretty much a big like 3D open world looking kind of thing. Or not open world maybe, but like, you know, it's an environment you're exploring, um, it looks like, from what they've showed. Um, and that's something that that you haven't really seen with Pokemon yet. And obviously like the big Pokemon games supposedly is coming down the line. But I just don't really have a lot of confidence Nintendo will do what they need to do with that series and, um, and not just be like, oh, let's make something that's still very much in the vein of uh, like even a 3DS Pokemon game, but everything looks a lot better kind of thing. Um, I think part of the reason I feel that way is uh, with that Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, which I know is a very different kind of game at the same time. Um, it... It at the very least is keeping a lot of the same perspective as that original Pokemon game in a way. Um, but at the same time, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pokemon or Go Pikachu is like a very different thing, which actually I'm actually interested in those games. I was looking at it and this is something I was going to talk about last week, um, which I was just looking at the uh, some screenshots they put out and it just it looks interesting in a way Pokemon games haven't really looked particularly interesting to me beforehand and like taking the Pokemon Go aspects and like trying to shove them into this other game as well and cram them together it gets me excited in a way that a normal Pokemon game probably wouldn't um even Pokemon Go on its own I wasn't really interested in uh probably just because I don't go out much and (laughs) so expecting me to play a game that's like expecting you to constantly be on the go is just like eh good but you know if you can just play a similar experience but just on the home home game console then i'll i'll do that so i also like the outfits in the game they can get outfits i don't know how customizable they are or if it's just like here's the the whatever this is safari set here's the the sailor set kind of thing everything they showed in these screenshots and i guess i'll link the screenshots if you want to see them if you didn't see them for some reason uh they're all like in the same set of art like clothes it doesn't look like they're like mixing and matching pieces or anything like that but yeah we'll see maybe i I don't like how the rival looks he looks kind of bad but you know <laughs> i'm also as much of a not a super fan of pokemon i am uh i do like gary a lot so he's kind of an asshole <laughs> which is kind of why i like gary and i like his design too uh but i don't know this guy it's just kind of like bleh. he's got a little face if you look at him he's like He's got, like, green track pants on or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I'm interested in Yokai Watch 4. And it's interesting with Yokai Watch 4 because, like, you see that screenshot and it's like, oh, they've really, really taken the series a long way. But it, it's easy to forget that, like, in 2011 when they were originally showing off the original Yokai Watch, it was also coming to PlayStation 3 at the time. And they put out footage of that game, like, with, um, you know, being in a big open environment with the main character running around it and stuff. 
um, you know, how elaborate and how far along that got is a different thing. It didn't actually come out. It just came out as the 3DS game. Um, but it, it looked very impressive. And this game kind of looks a lot like that in some ways. I mean, it is a Nintendo Switch game. So, you know, graphically, you're probably not going to get too much too much further than what the PlayStation 3 PlayStation uh uh, or the Xbox 360 we're doing. I mean, it's it's a weird system because it's like in between PlayStation 4 and and you know whatever the Wii U was. I'd say it's very close to a Wii U from my experiences so far. I'm sure there's differences, but eh, eh, eh. I'm interested. Um, one thing that's kind of and I don't I don't really know what to do about this is like so whenever I do these podcasts um I spend some time on Feedly I have like a bunch of uh websites I put in Feedly and I go through just like a stream of content and like sometimes I go through this stuff and I don't I'm I think they're interesting but there's just like not enough I can say about them because I I typically don't know enough because a lot of the time it's like some random Japanese thing that's only in Japan and like it's a mobile thing so so there's like not a lot of English information available on it or if there is it's very restricted um it's kind of how I stumbled I mean like something like Dead or Alive Venus Vacation is definitely a lot more like mainstream and known uh this is like some of this stuff is just like not <laughs> not even on the radar of like a a western uh news outlet in a lot of ways maybe silicon era i don't know like i was looking at this thing called uh and it, let me see if i can say this right map plus so like it's map plus but the p is shared so it's map plus or something like that but map plus um it's basically just like <laughs> It's basically just like a GPS system where you can like bring in different characters from different games and stuff. Um, I was looking at Frame Arm Girls. Uh, they were like having a a collaboration event with this uh, with this Map Plus uh, uh, GPS thing, and I'm guessing that. And unfortunately, I I didn't see any footage when I was looking around. Although I did not go searching super hard for footage. I'm sure if I went to look for it, I could find it. Um, but, uh, it basically just looks like you have a little, a little character in like the corner and they're, they're talking to you and I'm guessing they use their voice actors to say whatever the directions are that you're supposed to be going on the GPS. And there's, there's, there's quite a few characters and stuff, but it's, it's an interesting idea, but it's like, I don't, that's about all I have to say about it. And it's not like really a, like a full topic kind of thing. Uh, another thing is like, I look at a lot of Otome games, like I was looking at Otome Yusha, which is a level five RPG kind of thing. And I really like the art for it. And there's like things about the character designs that I really like, but there's just, I don't really know what to say about it. The key art is great. I'm going to link the key art too. I'm just going to link all of these, I guess. We'll just put every, all of these topics down in the, <laughs> the description, but I like the key art a lot. And then there's like a monster strike movie coming out and, and it's, it's weird because it's like a completely all 3D CG kind of stuff, but very anime focused. And it makes me question like, oh, were, were they like on a budget or is this just like the style they're going for? Also, it's a weirdly serious looking movie. I always thought Monster Strike was very not serious, but who knows? I don't I don't know anything about Monster Strike other than you have little like orbs you're like kicking around and having a good time with. So I don't know. Some of these things are kind of interesting. This one game I was trying to talk about called Shikihimi Ten- Tenyuki, which like has this very Okami-looking art style, but in 2D, and the, the characters don't really look look like 
the Okami character or like Okami, you know, paintbrush kind of style look, but the the monsters definitely do. Um, but yeah, I just stumble across this stuff and I don't know what to do with it. Like sometimes I tweet about it, but that's probably like the best place to do it is just tweet about it and be like, hey, I think this looks kind of neat and cool. But I don't know, that feels kind of kind of unsubstantial in some ways. I thought about like making a post that just like kind of like put these puts these things together in like a conglomerate post that's just like this is neat this is neat this is neat but i just don't have anything to say about them um sometimes i try to play them if they're available on pc or something like that like on dmm games uh but sometimes i don't because they take a lot of time and usually especially with mobile games they're kind of just like straightforward rpg kind of things <laughs> so so it's like oh well i guess i'm gonna do like an rpg like card based combat system I'm gonna put my six characters in this thing like Chain Chronicles, I tried to play that. Chain Chronicles is actually kind of interesting, but anyways, that's that's that little rant. We're gonna finish that little rant, and I guess we're just gonna do a fortune cookie. <laughs> I guess that's what's gonna happen right now. <laughs> I didn't plan that out very well, but I just noted like on my paper, like talk about not being able to talk about these things. I guess um, if you have a, if you're curious about. If you're interested in, in in me trying to surface that stuff better, let me know. But, like, it's it's hard. It's very hard to find much to say about it because it requires a lot of research. It requires playing the games and stuff like that, too. A lot of times it's very difficult to, to you know, kind of chisel into. Um, um, there are very loud planes flying over my place today, so apologies if you guys are hearing that. Anyways, Fortune Cookie, Final Fantasy XI, Treasures of Art are gone. Specifically, the Xbox 360 version. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be as specific as the Xbox 360 version, probably. But, but uh, yeah, Treasures of Art gone. I've, I've written an article in the past about this. Um, specifically about like how, how Treasures of Art are gone really transformed Final Fantasy XI into... I don't know if a modern MMO would feel in a lot of ways, but it was really the beginning of maybe maybe that's the right word. It's the beginning of the transformation of Final Fantasy XI into a modern MMO. Yeah, it's easy to forget that Final Fantasy XI came out before World of Warcraft had really redefined the genre in a lot of ways. Not only was World of Warcraft not out yet, but when it did come out, it it was very different from what today's setup is as far as i understand i never played world of warcraft so i can't say but to my understanding it was like a good year or two before world of warcraft really got into its groove even though it was very popular at the time so it's not like it was like a trash pile or something at the start um or like just poorly received kind of thing um but yeah so final Fantasy 11 like i would say probably up until until um 2000 or 2006 was very much still in like a very olden style very slow paced uh setup and Aragon really like condensed the world down in a lot of ways um I'm trying to think of how I want to talk about this because like I have already written that article that's that's very much about the um kind of the world design so I'll link that as well there's gonna be a lot of links this week um, so one thing that's kind of interesting, I guess, about it is, uh, about Treasure Argon that I probably didn't touch on in that article was the assault missions. Um, so assault is basically like, um, was like a, a series of missions, about six or so missions, maybe more that you could take into specialized dungeons that were kind of, um, um, <sighs> They were kind of like, uh, 
objective-based dungeons in a way like Final Fantasy XI really hadn't had before. All this stuff, all, most of Final Fantasy XI stuff was very open instance, like being able to fight, you know, notorious monsters on the overworld and stuff. And there were, think, were special boss fights that would teleport you to, like, individual areas, but there typically weren't, like, entire dungeons you would teleport to. And Assault was the case of, like, you'd be in your own little dungeon. Um, although I think that they, they limited one group per server to be in that dungeon at once, so I don't think it was, like, something you could just, like, you know everyone queue up for you had to wait until until everybody was out of there essentially um um and yeah essentially you just went around did missions like some of them were like oh blowing up walls with dynamite and stuff like that um other ones had you killing very specific things other ones have you going to specific locations and goals and i think there was eventually end game content called like nizel isle that was added um and it was a uh, it's just very different pace for the rest of the game, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, it had like this very special music, which I, which I like. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't... I mean, I'm trying to think of what was what was unique about it. I mean, it's very... I think if it's maybe the context of the time outside of Final Fantasy XI, it probably wasn't very unique. You had stuff like Guild Wars and stuff coming out that had entirely instanced areas. And I would imagine they had more directed dungeons and stuff. But they were just kind of like short missions. And you, you had to spend points and money, I think, to 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 actually partake in them but they were they were very conscious of your time um and at the same time i think they're 30 minutes long each at, at most um and you kind of built up a point system in a way that i feel like in beforehand you really didn't have too much of that most of the like drops were were very much random from you know specific bosses and things like that and so this one you'd build up a point system to buy armor although there are cases like the conquest points in Final Fantasy XI where you would build up and buy armor as well I don't remember if there's any end game armor in there though I think there was some some good gear for like level 75 stuff and something unique about Final Fantasy XI is that the cap was 75 for such a long time that there's like this very flat progression that went on and um and it was all about like getting different sets of armor to to benefit different um different attacks you did because you could switch armor mid-combat um so there's a lot of very very like very specific pieces of armor is like oh i'm gonna switch out my entire set of armor so i can use this one ability and then it's gonna switch back and then you had macros in place to automatically do that so it wasn't too intrusive it wasn't particularly the most uh most clean process either they definitely cleaned it up later on down the line uh but it gave you a lot of opportunity to to use pieces that might be like level 10 pieces of gear that just happen to have really good stats for a certain thing. And you can just swap it in, use it, and then swap back up to whatever your like highest defense gear was or highest attack power gear, things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so I kind of got off track there. Yeah, I don't know what to say about Assault. Final Fantasy XI Treasure Argon. I wrote an article about it. You should read it if you want to know about that. <laughs> I was trying to avoid re just regurgitating that article. But Argon's a very special place in Bound of Deal, I feel. Um, it definitely feels like a side story in a lot of ways. But because of that, it has its own really distinct look, vibe, and feel to it. Which um, I feel like the rest of the game doesn't really have. Because even after Argon, you went to Wings of the Goddess, which was all like like going back in time and stuff in the old areas. So you are very much within the, the context of, um, of the traditional Vanna deal until you got st later expansions like, um, uh, Seekers of Adulin. Uh, that is also a very Treasure Ar Argon kind of 
experience where you go off to another world. Although I don't think it feels as distinct as Cheshire or Gone does in terms of its um its visual design. I think it's a I forget what kind of there's there's a specific I mentioned in the article what the specific like structure design and stuff is like that. I'll link that article. If you're interested in Final Fantasy Eleven Treasure Argon, you should read that article I wrote because I I am actually very proud of that article. Uh, it was pretty good, I think. Um, Final Fantasy Eleven is a very hard topic to write about. Um, it's just there's so much content, so many years to 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 look at, and then also the context of people differ depending on what years they played in, and um. And it's very difficult to avoid things like nostalgia from when you're playing a game that essentially doesn't exist how it used to exist. Final Fantasy XI is still online, still playable today. I'm sure it's a perfectly fine game today. I'm sure there's plenty of people who love it for what it is. And when that game goes offline 10 years down the line, I'm sure they'll feel some nostalgia for that too. Um, it's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult topic. Uh, I think MMOs inherently due to the, how they transform, you know, month to month to month become, become very easy, weak points for nostalgia and, and kind of writing a game off, uh, after a certain amount of time. I definitely, I definitely had a long time where I felt like Final Fantasy XI was, I wouldn't say ruined, but, but transformed for the worse maybe. And I don't feel that today because I think the real answer is I'm, I'm not familiar enough with that game's like core loop today. I went and played all the story stuff, but um, you know, I have no context for, for actually doing that content like in a normal way. It's a lot of like, you know, skipping past a lot of things or using ways to work around, you know, actually doing that content how it was originally intended. And then, uh, you know, there's, there's an end game community there today and they're, they're doing their stuff logging in every day kind of thing. If they, if they are, I assume so. I mean, that game's online still, so people are playing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just became like a general Final Fantasy XI talk. But you know, it's it's a difficult topic to write about um, because of that. I feel like um, I also think that because it was such a punishing game at the time, nobody really stuck around to Final Fantasy XI just as like a casual play kind of thing. You either really liked Final Fantasy XI or you really hated it, and so I think you kind of have the people who dropped off initially. Their reviews are out there from when the game came out. And then you have the people who really liked it, and they are crazy fanatic fanboys about Final Fantasy XI in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, not that I'm not one of those. <laughs> I bought those Moogle mugs. Oh, that was a lot of money. Final Fantasy XI. Difficult game to talk about. Difficult game to judge the quality of, I feel like. Especially because it's gone through so many iterations. A lot of people who don't like that Final Fantasy XI exists, which... I guess I understand, but eh, 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 eh. that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Um, Yakuza two stream. I'm going to skip an article this week because, uh, uh, I want to give myself a little break and, um, but I have something that's pretty close to done for the week after that. And I have a couple other articles in the pipeline and then I need to make a video at some point here soon or start making a video uh now that i have this xrgb mini i, I might try to play through all the team innocent stuff and get all the footage i need for that uh XR, the the pcfx doesn't support rgb so like i don't have to even worry about that like s video is the best that i'm gonna get so like i get the best it's the best time to ever pull, ever record video of team innocent and and make a video about it although i need to get the settings right anyways that's be it for this week thanks for coming 
Um, oh, I didn't decide on a game for next week's stream. Um, let's let's do Bloodstained. I kind of want to do something like further back in my catalog because I just did like Mario Tennis, and then before that I did Yakuza 2 Kiwami, so it's all very new stuff. Um, but, but, but let's do Bloodstained. I mean, it's it's a couple months old now, but I still want to play that on the stream. So, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon it is. 